0: Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, a podcast that gives a voice to narcissistic abuse survivors. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Generally speaking, a narcissist is a person who has an excessive sense of how important they are. They demand and expect to be admired and praised by others and are limited in their capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. And guess what? Not all narcissists are made equal. Yes, that is true. Narcissism is a character trait that exists on a spectrum. A small amount of narcissism is healthy, and a person with an unhealthy level of narcissism may be called a narcissist. At extreme levels, it may be diagnosed as narcissistic personality disorder. However, for the purposes of this podcast, a narcissist is a person who exhibits narcissistic traits and or a consistent pattern of maladaptive narcissistic behaviors, regardless of whether they meet the diagnostic criterion in the latest version of the DSM manual or have a formal diagnosis. So a person may be referred to as a narcissist on this podcast, even if it is more likely that they have another cluster B personality disorder, such as borderline histrionic or antisocial personality disorder. So as long as they exhibit narcissistic traits or behaviors. And now with all of that out of the way, let me tell you that we have a survivor on this episode named Billy Jean. And as it turns out, Billy, Jean and I know each other, and you'll find out soon how and why. But first, I just want to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our Facebook group is really hopping these days, and to all you folks in there, I want to say hello and thanks for participating, and to all you Instagram folks who reached out this week when we needed help for the support of one of our listeners in need, thank you for everyone who sent over a note to me. Uh, a big thanks uh, for, uh, to everyone out there because it really meant a lot, especially to the person who needed our help. And a reminder, if you haven't left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., cetera, et cetera, leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to ranking. If you don't want to do a written review, just do the regular five-star review. Now, once again, I do have to put a bit of a moratorium on doing recordings because my vetting call and recording schedule is already booked to almost the end of November. So if you still want to send in your story, uh, do so. I will not, you know, I'll, I'll still read every story. But I can't make any promises when it comes to when we would end up recording as not every episode also works out and makes it to air for various reasons. So if you want to be on the show, the quickest way to be part of our show is if you want to read a letter to your narcissist and be a part of our Letters to a Narcissist compilation episode. We have a voicemail recorder on our website to record. Go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page, and it's always floating around and hard to miss. There's a button that says send voicemail. Press it, and away you'll go. We're accumulating these letters to have a volume two of that episode. So send in those voicemails. The sooner we have enough voicemails, the better, and we can get that show recorded. If you want myself or my old pal Melissa to read one of your letters instead, just send it to NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com, and in the subject line, write to us that it is for the Letters to a Narcissist episode. What else is going on? Our first fundraiser for Layla is one quarter of the way funded so far. So thanks to everyone out there who has supported that fundraising endeavor. Layla was one of our guests. She was on our July 22nd episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. Layla was married to a police officer who used his power and standing in society to abuse her with no fear or repercussion. And Layla has uh, a big problem with trauma it runs deep. And we're desperately trying to raise enough money to get her trauma therapy for the year. So I'm reaching out to everyone. If you haven't contributed yet, even a dollar helps. uh, Go to our website, NarcissistApocalypse.com. Click on the fundraiser section and let's help change Layla's life. Socially this week, everyone. Are you ready for this? Socially. I was actually supposed to go to New York with a friend of mine for a podcast convention. But it didn't happen. You know, sometimes I'm not paying attention. It was late at night. And we were standing on the wrong platform for the bus to take us to New York. And it didn't make it. I take full blame for this one. This was all my fault. I went in to check where we were supposed to be standing. And I will take full blame. It happens. I did take a sleeping pill exactly at the time we were supposed to get on the bus. So I wasn't that upset about it at the time and really until the next day because really I just wanted to go to sleep. So you would think at that point all of my troubles that day were behind me. But no, when I woke up the next day, I actually did feel well rested. I did a little bit of work, then wanted to take a break. As you know, I always talk about going to the movies. I went to the movies because I just love it. I was having popcorn, and you know, the, tomorrow I'm actually going to be seeing the movie Judy with my with my mom. I just I go to a movie a week. Anyway, back to my back to my story. You know, I'm just sitting there in the back row of the theater. I like sitting in the back row. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. I'm eating popcorn, one kernel at a time with the grace of a swan, everyone, I'm not even mowing it down, just one kernel at a time. All of a sudden I'm pelted in the face with a handful of gummy bears by a group of teenage girls who were in the same row as me, just like 10 seats down. There was like six of them. And I'm laughing about this now. One of them, orange gummies actually stuck to my neck. Was this funny? Yes. Was I in the mood for it this day? Not really. And, you know, when I told a story to one of my friends, well, a lot of my friends, they were all in hysterics about it. And specifically one of my friends, Doris. Uh, Doris, she uh, had a really good chuckle at, at my expense. So if you're listening, laugh it up, my friend. I know you listen to the show. So that was kind of my the way my week ended and uh it was just one of those weeks so now i'm just gonna get out of my own way after that story here is my interview with billy jean and i'll check back in with you when it is all over welcome to the show everybody With me today, I have Billie Jean. How are you doing, Billie Jean?
1: Hi, I'm good. Uh, I'm good today. Today's a good day.
0: Today is a good day. (laughs) And for everyone out there listening, Billie Jean isn't just a guest on the show. She is also the chairman of the board of this podcast. (laughs) You were a listener who reached out one day and uh, started helping me and behind the scenes with this podcast. And I am forever grateful to you, not just because you uh, helped me grow this podcast and give me guidance, but because you are my true friend of mine now. I love having you in my life. And you also have given me a sense of confidence that I never had before. You believed in me. And it's something uh, I've always struggled with. So I thank you for doing that uh, for me and you're the best. Thank you. you. Oh my God. You are my, you are my president.
1: (laughs) Thank you. And I feel the same. I mean, it's been such a journey and, you showed so much kindness and uh empathy uh i had never seen that from a pure stranger when i reached out to you uh with my situation uh i was deeply deeply moved and touched and after that i i would do anything for you you're my friend for life so i'm happy if i uh, if i helped and you certainly helped me all the time and thanks for having me on the show
2: Well,
0: I'm thrilled that you are here. And I guess the one thing that we want to uh, say before we begin, that English is not your first language.
1: Exactly. So bear with me if I'm looking for words or if I don't use the right ones.
0: I'll try and help you out if you have a question on a word. But I don't think we're going to get there. I think you, uh, to me, I've never noticed a thing. But um, (laughs) anyway, now I'm rambling. And I'm just going to get out of my own way and your way. And I'm sure you always wanted this to happen. The floor is now yours.
1: Thank you. Um, thanks for everything. Thanks for uh, letting me share my story. Um, I think, I mean, I'm an avid listener of the podcast. Uh, I, um can connect so much with most of the, the stories and uh, the people that have shared, uh, including your story, um, Chad. Um, and I think where my story differs a little bit is that I am still currently married to a narcissist. Um, so how does that happen? How did I get here? Um, and what is, what are my next move, I guess, is, is a little bit something that I wanted to share. Um, the reason I really wanted to share, uh, it's important for me and it's sort of a gift to myself because I'm actually, um, recognizing and allowing myself to, to feel like, I, um, everything that, uh, that's been happening to me, um, throughout my whole life in this situation, because what I was just telling um, Chad before this is that I realize uh, that I am definitely a serial narcissist dater. Um, and thank God this last one uh, is the most intense, uh, abusive, uh, unreal one because I finally saw it. I finally realized what's been going on. And it's forced me to look inside and, and really get on a journey because, you know, what I discovered is that it was never about these narcissists. I mean, of course, I'm not saying it's not their fault. What I'm saying is it was, it was never about the narcissist. It was about me and, and looking inside and, and, and fixing myself, recognizing what's inside me that, that that makes me accept these kind of behaviors toward myself. And, uh, and it's not, it's not at all victim blaming at all. I mean, I, I, don't deserve and nobody deserves to be treated this way. But what I'm saying is the sense of empowerment that I've gotten from the fact that I am now going to, um, you know, cure myself and, and never expose myself to that kind of uh, behavior, uh, in the future. I don't know if that's clear, but um, it's, it was important to me. And um, I think that to understand how I ended up in this this relationship um, that uh, I'm still uh, struggling to get out of, um, it's important to understand a little bit about my childhood because um, I had a particular childhood in the sense that uh, my mother left my father uh who was an alcoholic when i was about 6 i uh, was an only child and uh basically she left me with him she just uh, took off and moved to another country so um, that was uh difficult in itself um, the the separation from her was very um, painful and I, it's almost like I didn't really know my father before she left. I don't even remember him. Like he didn't even, he wasn't even part of the picture. Um, and so to, to suddenly be with this person that I didn't really know without my mom, um, was, you know, obviously quite traumatic, but. um, So so you
0: you felt abandoned right off, right off the bat there. So right there you have abandonment issues.
1: Oh man, big time. And, and, you know, those are going to play big in, in all kinds of ways in my life. Um, but it's like just to tell you how much I cried and how lonely I was, um, as a child, it's just, um, it's, it's been a, it's been a big burden for me. Um, you know, and I accept it now. It's part of who I am. Um, but it was very hard um and what i what i lived with him I, he wasn't a outwardly abusive um type of narcissist but uh he was a narcissist boom <laughs> uh he basically didn't really uh want a kid um and i was kind of an annoyance so i never felt that uh i was interesting um or uh, important, um, except if I uh, had certain behaviors. So um, if I excelled at something or I was extremely good in school or if I could, uh, you know, bring in something that he could then use uh, to brag <laughs> to his friends or his many, 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 many girlfriends, then I was useful. So that kind of pattern of me, uh, working for love, recognition and appreciation started right there. And, um, so he was very uh well he he drank a lot but at the same time he was uh he he was successful uh he was handsome and uh he had many 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 girlfriends and women in my house were in and out all the time and there was a lot of drama and i was exposed to that and uh basically i i just didn't really um belong there i spent a lot of time alone and um, with no attention Whatsoever, I ended up leaving uh, at sixteen, um, basically to just do my own thing. And uh, the good news is, I had worked so hard in school <laughs> to impress him and get some kind of tap on the back um, that I actually, you know, got pretty good at it. And uh, it later basically helped me a lot because uh, I studied a lot <laughs> for a long time, and I'm and you know, and now. Quite successful uh, in my career. I'm pretty much at the top of where I can be in this uh, field, so um, that turned out good. But I mean, I worked uh, hard on it. But coming out of that childhood where I was, I was very lonely, and uh, um, it, it gave me a lot of issues uh, that uh, made for a complex uh, end of adolescence and beginning of uh, adulthood. So I had many personal problems and issues, uh, I was basically self-medicating and trying to fill the the, the void <laughs> that I had uh, inside. So once I finally got out of that, uh, which I worked very hard at, um, I, I, I got used to uh, solving my problems by myself very young. So I work hard, and I know that uh, if I put my mind to it, I can do it. So I actually got myself out of addiction and all the problems that I had created uh, through that. And um, I I, I thought I had sort of worked through my issues.
0: (laughs) So did you uh, you recognize those things at that time when you were younger, that these things had gone on, or were you only... Uh, did you only see some of those things and were blind to other parts?
1: Exactly. You said it. What it was was I recognized that uh, my mother abandoning me um, was my big problem. That that was my thing. I didn't realize all the damage that um, the rest of my upbringing with uh, my father had caused. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I only just put the pieces of the puzzle together uh, about three months ago (laughs) when I first uh, discovered uh, the subject of narcissism, which unfortunately was uh, about a month too late um, because I had just gotten married. But anyways, that's another phase. Um,
0: Is that that for later in this podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's for later in the podcast. we'll We'll get there.
1: So I uh, basically uh, worked through those kind of abandonment issues and the pain that I had, uh, and then, you know, uh, went back to school, uh, studied, like I said, quite a bit, um, and started working right away. And uh, at the same time, I started my first um, relationship with a narcissist. Uh, I was quite young then, and uh, he was very Mm -hmm. handsome and dashing and um, uh, we ended up dating, uh, for maybe five years. He was abusive. He had, uh, addiction issues. Uh, he would, um, anyways, I'm not going to dwell too long on him, but he was the first one. So he's also the father of my oldest, uh, child i have two children now so um i finally uh got out of that relationship and i remember like just like getting out of that relationship thinking to myself uh like the way that i did it i had to remind myself that i i had been somebody independent and and a normal person before i met him i had lost myself totally in that relationship like i didn't even know who i was anymore Um, And it's really weird because I want to say this because I know you know, but I'm going to say it anyways. like being an abuse person, whether it's emotionally, verbally, physically, whatever, it has no, it doesn't, it's like, it it doesn't matter how much education you have. It doesn't matter how much um, confidence you show outwardly, how successful you are. I mean, I am the living proof of that. I mean, if you see me on the street, you're never going to, think that I've been with such horrible men. You know, it's like, I can't even believe it myself, but something in me, I guess now I realize I got used to feeling that way, you know, because that's how I was brought up. That's how my father was. And so it's sort of like I searched that out and I accepted that as normal. Um,
0: It's a safe feeling because it's something that we're comfortable being around. And being around yeah. normalcy is actually not a comfortable feeling, and it feels weird. Yeah. And you run away yeah. for it when you're when you're raised in those environments. You run away from the normal feeling because that is a foreign feeling to you, and you're used to chaos. Yeah. So you yeah. you go through it, and it's unconscious that you do it, especially at a young age. And it takes a while uh, for you to figure it out. And the ones who figure it out at a young age. Uh, all the kudos to them because uh, yes. they saved themselves a lot of trouble and they're just, they were just smarter than me. And, yeah. um, you know, so anyway, I interrupted and it's,
1: you. It's like, you know, you know that you're not feeling good in the relationship. And I mean, how many times have I told myself, Oh, I've been through worse. My father was much worse. I can do this. It was almost like, uh, a pride of mine to be with a difficult moody man you know it was like i can do this my father was much worse you know i can suffer i i can you know what i mean i can put up with this this is nothing
2: that's
0: interesting Um, that you had like a pride that you can deal with this
1: almost yeah almost like oh my god i've been with worse you know it's like insane it's like anyways um so fast forward a couple of years, and I think this is the story that's the most recent one that actually made me realize all this. Um, I um, reconnected with somebody that I had known from the past um, briefly, very briefly, um, and uh, it was like instant um Wow. Oh my God. This person is so awesome. Um, you know, I felt like he, um, he would be a perfect, you know, partner to grow old with all that stuff, you know, for many, many reasons. I thought he was open-minded. He was kind. Uh, he had had similar issues as I had growing up and so he had worked through them. Um, and i thought wow that's so cool uh you know somebody that i can really relate to um and you know they say like um i've been reading the books now around narcissism and uh i mean it's almost like they wrote the book for this guy he is textbook everything check the list it's exactly <laughs> how this person is but i didn't know that but Anyways, and so in typical fashion, uh, the love bombing started, and it was next-level love bombing. I'm talking, uh, whisking me away to Malibu, uh, New York... Um, buying me expensive shoes, Louboutin shoes, and, you know, uh, Chanel bags, and uh, always, like, these surprises, like, these little attentions, like, we'll, we'll, we'll rent a place, but he'll go first, and he'll light, like, candles, he'll put beautiful flowers everywhere, um, tell me that I'm the most incredible woman on Earth, and I'm a soulmate, and, you know... It, It was, like, such intense, charming, and sweet, and and incredible chemistry and connection. I mean, I was completely swept off my feet. And, you know, I thought I deserved it. I was like, yeah, but I am. I'm... I'm not, I'm a good catch, you know, I'm, I'm attractive enough. I'm successful. I'm in a good place in my life. Uh, and I thought, you know, finally life is bringing me the person that I really deserve, you know, after all these, you know, am I going to say assholes? Anyway, Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, uh, and, uh, it didn't take me long to get the proverbial red flags and, um, the, and to not listen to them, obviously. Um, like, I think like after the first weekend that we spent together, uh, he was talking about marriage and I was like, Oh, that's quick. Like, I don't, I've never been married. I never wanted to get married. And I was like, that seems a little quick, <laughs> but you know you're so swept up in it. It's the—I don't know if you were talking about this, Chad, uh, the other day, but it's the whole analogy of boiling a frog. You know, you slowly put the temperature up, and the frog doesn't realize it until the water's boiling and they're—you know—they croak or whatever. So it's the same thing. It's like you like you go into it thinking, "Oh, this is a little weird," but you keep going. You know, oh that's a little bit more weird, more weird da, 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 until you're not you're too you're you're too far in. Um that's kind of <laughs> the image that I have for this whole story. Um so started like that, you know, and I remember even thinking and asking, like, why me? Like why this much? Like I I didn't understand it, you know, and uh and then, you know, I got all these love letters why me, you know, a professional, it was so well done. Um, And then I think, like, I started to, uh, the whole thing uh, is kind of particular because we spend a lot of time apart um, because of work. So um, I actually have a lot of time when I'm not with um, this person. So... uh, a lot of our things are either through you know um Skype or uh through email and um you know and then obviously we we are together um sometimes like often enough but um just to give it more context so um i think the first the first indication that i had that something was really off um, was, and it totally caught me by surprise, was about six months in. And, uh, I had invited some friends over that are really, really good friends of mine. Um, and it was like the first time that I was introducing, uh, him to my good friends. And I was really excited about it. And he knew, and I prepared this nice, beautiful dinner. And they were actually driving in from, uh, somewhere. And about an hour and a half away, and then we were waiting for them um and um in parallel uh he had been you know had struggling with uh smoking and quitting smoking um I just want to put that in there because it becomes important but so uh let's say I was expecting them around six and around um Five thirty, all of a sudden he says to me, I'm gonna go lay down. I'm gonna take a nap. And I'm like, uh, okay, they're like arriving any time now and I was expect I don't know, I thought you would come and be there to greet them or you know, anyway. So he's like, Yeah, but I'm not feeling well and I'm just gonna take a nap and he sort of slams the door and I'm like, What? Like, who is this? I've never seen this person, you know? And I don't remember which one of your, your the people on podcast mentioned, but there's, like, this look that comes into their eyes, you know? And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, I don't know this person. So that's, like, the first time that that happened. And so he, he laid in the bed, and, you know, sure enough, half an hour later, these good friends arrive, and they're, like, all happy. They really care for me. They're happy to meet this person that I've been talking about. And I'm like, oh, you know, he, he's laying down. Um, he's not feeling well, and I'm just going to go wake him up now. So just hold on for a second. So I go into the room, and he's not sleeping. He's, he's like, lying on the bed on top of the covers with his phone and um, really not sleeping. So I'm like, hey, my friends are there. Do you want to come out to see them, to meet them? Um, and he just glares at me, and he says... Absolutely not. I am not feeling well, and I am not coming out of this room. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to take some sleeping pills, and I'm going to sleep right now. And he gets up and grabs these sleeping pills out of I don't know where and takes them and uh, and uh then, like, gets under the blanket and, like, pulls the blanket over his head, and that's it.
0: So at this point, you have never seen him do a temper tantrum never. at all. Never. never. So you're shocked. Never. You're in shock right now.
1: I am in shock. I am shaking, okay? I uh, don't know, like, what? who is this person? What is this behavior? I've never seen this in anybody. This is, to me, like, okay, wow. Like, who does that? I'm, I'm like, completely in shock.
0: Were you scared But I'm at like,
1: okay. Oh, Yes, because, you know, you'll see later, but he's, he's very aggressive, you know? Um, and this whole sleeping pill thing and the whole, I'm like, but I kind of think, okay, oh, so I go come out of the room and I go see my friends and I'm humiliated, you know? I'm like, hey guys, you just drove two hours to come and meet this guy and he, they heard him talking in the room and he's just decided that he's not going to come out of the room. You know, how weird is that? You know, so, and they're like, okay, awkward moment. But anyway, they're there. So I cooked this beautiful dinner. So we end up having dinner and I'm just like, but obviously this is now I know, you know, this is a technique to get me like shaken and off kilter. And so that I seem confused and weird and, um, and, and, uh, you know, it's a strategy to, to, to break me, to put me down, you know, but I don't know this at the time. So I'm, I'm like trying to be normal, but my friends are like, they know something's wrong.
2: And And, and probably the
0: whole time you're, you're, you're having your dinner with them, the whole time you're probably thinking, or I'm going to assume you're thinking, yes, I, in yes. a way, I can't wait until they leave so I can go and yes. figure out what's going on.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. That's exactly what was going on. I couldn't wait because I, I want to fix it. I, I'm like, I must have done something. I should have. Li- I should have seen the signs. He wasn't feeling well. I shouldn't have invited them. Um, but meanwhile, the rational mind and the back is going like, well, he should have told me that at like this morning or even at 12, I would have called them off. I would have told them they'll come who like, why wait till like it's too late to, to pull this whole number. Or, I mean, it's like my mind is like, suck it up, man. And come and say hello, at least come and say hello and say, Hey, listen, I'm glad to meet you, but I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go lay down. No. I mean, normal people would do that. Um, So that's like the first thing that happened. Um, and then, uh, back to normal, after that, oh, I'm so sorry, I wasn't feeling well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so, you're like, okay, and you, a big part of you wants it to go back to normal, to this amazing person that you are so in love with, right? You don't want it to be broken, so, anyways, I, I'm going to speak for myself, but that's the way I was reacting so then, you know, slowly, slowly, these little uh, incidents, I'm going to call them, start happening closer and closer together. Um, so I have kids, right? So that quickly becomes another excuse to uh, blow up or tell me that there's something wrong with me because the theme in our relationship is that, you know, I have a problem. Whatever the problem, it can be anything. It can be the way I raise my kids. It can be the way I work. It can be the way I talk to my bosses. uh, It can be the way that I... Anything, the way that I do my finances, what I'm wearing in the morning, it can be anything, but there's always something wrong. It's, like, ridiculous. You know, when, you have, when I say it, it's ridiculous, but remember the slow-boiling frog. And so... <laughs> At this point, uh, the whole thing with my kids uh, comes up, and um, I remember, like, we're on a vacation, and this is about not even a year in. Uh, The first time that I've been bringing my kids into the picture, and we're on a vacation uh, in L.A., and uh, we've got, like, a nice place that we're staying in. Uh, Everything's great. Everybody's in a good mood, uh, except him and all of a sudden it starts getting worse and worse and worse. He's being impatient with me, he's snapping at me, he's ignoring me, he's uh he's making he's being condescending with me slowly, slowly. And then he pulls the whole uh I'm tired, I'm gonna go for a nap thing again at that time. Around dinner time one night, when I'm there with the kids, you know, and I'm like, okay, but now it's like, okay, they're they're not friends coming over. It's just the kids, and you know, I can tell my kids, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to go see what's going on. So I do that, and I go downstairs, and then I like put my hand on his shoulder, and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And he whips my hand off his shoulder, and he's like, don't touch me. And I'm like, what? You know. It's like every time, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know, it's like, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. It's, it's a crazy thing. It's a, it's like a, I don't know. It's like, I'm sure your listeners understand because they've probably seen it, but it's just insane. And so, uh, and then he starts on this whole thing that, um, the, I, I really need to see a therapist with my daughter. My daughter is, you know, she's not right. I'm not right. The dynamic between us isn't right. I'm not doing it. He, meanwhile, he doesn't have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he tells me what I said it up, but it's like, it's not just like somebody who's a little frustrated and gives you feedback, you know, it's way overboard to the point where you're left, um, shaking. Um and crying and you're, you're completely just, dist- uh, distraught, I think the word is, mm-hmm. Um and you don't know how to fix it, you know? And a big part of me is trying to fix it because that's what I, I had to do, you know, as a kid, I had to fix my dad's moods or else I was alone. I had nobody. So it was like, he can't be angry at me. I have to do anything I can to fix it. So it's part of my conditioning to try to fix it. But then he'll shut me off and then he just, you know, last time he took the sleeping pills. And this time it's just like, you know, just get out of here. You know, I want to sleep. Uh, so okay. sleeping it's was like, his form yeah. of
0: silent treatment.
1: Exactly. Silent yeah. treatment. And then the next, so the next day, silent treatment again, he's angry. Uh, he'll he'll dismiss me. I'll try to talk. Uh, he'll just say crazy shit. Like, it's just crazy. And you're like, this is crazy! What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, you don't want to look at yourself. Uh, you've got so many issues that you're blind to it. Um, you, so you start slowly thinking, he's so smart. You know, he's such a, a a nice person and a caring person. Maybe he knows. Maybe I do have issues. Maybe I should consult somebody. You know, how many times have I ended up with a a like a, a therapist? Um, and they would ask me, so why are you here? Uh, I actually don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to go because he would hound me. Did you go see a therapist? Did you talk to, did you, huh? Did you do it? Da, da da And if I did it, he would say, oh good, I'm glad you did, that's good. So I would get the positive reinforcement, you know? But it was, so all this started building up, m- moving faster and faster and faster to a point where I never felt, uh, like Like, it's the moving goalposts, right? I would have something broken. I would fix it. Oh, and then I would uh, have another problem that I have to fix. And these issues and problems just got closer and closer and closer together to a point where I was a wreck. I was a mess. I was crying every day. I was stressed out um and you know and then meanwhile he started saying to me uh you know we should, I'm, I'm tired of this you know uh i don't i we should break up i need i need space i need a break i need this i need that you know and before the show i was like i was going back in my emails just to see the things that i've sent and how many times did i send an email that said you know I don't understand what's going on. Like, what did I do? How can what's been? I I don't tell me what's wrong so that I can work on it. We can we can talk through this. We can fix it, but there is no fixing. They thrive on the problem and making you feel bad. Mm -hmm. They don't want a solution. They don't want it to be fixed.
0: So you know what I mean? Yeah. At this point, uh, how far into your relationship are you?
1: I'm about uh, buying a house together. Okay. Far, but not married. Far.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry so, for laughing, uh, but we have a good sense yeah, of no, humor no, about no, this. No, no,
1: no! It is. It's hilarious. Oh my god! So, um, so after that, he start This is like sort of like a, a call, like a a culmination is coming up, you know, and he's saying, I'm going to leave you and da-da-da, and, and all of a sudden it's my birthday, we're not together, and my friends are throwing a party for me, they're waiting for me, and, you know, I've read in the book later that, you know, they often do these things on special moments, either on vacation or on your birthday or when there's people around. So, I mean, uh, because they want to shake you so that you look like you're a mess and they look good, and they feel good because they've just torn you down. So on my birthday, just before I'm about to leave, I've got my shoes on, I'm about to leave, and he says, yeah, it's over. I just, yeah, it's over. (laughs) And so by that time, I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to go to my birthday. I'm going to have a fun, and that's it. So go to my birthday, and at the, at the at the party i start talking to one of my really good friends and i i just break down and i tell her the whole story you know because i've been hiding it because i'm i'm ashamed you know i'm like i'm being abused i knew by this time that this is called abuse at least i had a light went off in my head and i was like this is abuse you know and i told him that i said you know what you i feel like you're abusing me and this is wrong you know but um I still hadn't heard about narcissism at that point. But anyway, I tell my friend that I, I, I spill the beans about the therapist, about all the things that I need to fix that I'm not doing right. And she just looks at me. And she's my very best friend. And she stares into my eyes, and she said, that is not true. She said, there is nothing wrong with you. Do you realize what you're saying? She said, you are the most you know, balanced, happy, uh, generous human being I know. You know, she said, you're the most patient, uh, loving mother I know. She said, what are you saying? I still get so emotional because it was like a shock. You know, he had me believing that. So... It was such a realization. So a couple days later, I called him and I said, listen, I said, it's over. Your gig is up. Um, there is nothing wrong with me. You are what is wrong with me. And this is this is psychological abuse, and it's not right, and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. I said, you've told me a 100 times you want to leave me? I am now fine with that, you know? And, uh, he would do things like that, that, that weekend of my birthday, like, uh, he went to visit some family and after like being super mean with me like that, he, uh, his, like so part of his, his cousin would send me a picture of him, uh, doing something and he's like smiling and super happy. And I was like, how can you be happy? when we're going through this, you know, and now i know cuz he doesn't care, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's mean and enjoys it. And so after after my friend sort of shook me out of that, i was like it's over, i don't want this anymore. Da, da, da. So, lo and behold, um i had just been discarded and i had discarded him back, right? And then unfortunately, i hadn't read the book. <laughs> so, <laughs> he called me back and he's like I just wanted to say thank you and I'm like what yes thank you you know I finally saw the woman that I've been in love with come out you know you're finally affirming yourself you're communicating you're learning to stand up for yourself and I admire that you know I, it's like, and I'm so sorry. And this and that was causing me stress. And, you know, I didn't tell you, but all of this has been going on. And that's why I've been so rough and mean and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I was wrong, you know. And, yeah, this is like the part in the horror movie where the girl goes back in the house. And there's a guy with a <laughs> chainsaw and a mask behind the door. And you're like, no
0: <laughs> He got you. He was a. it was a great move. Uh like that's a great line he pulled on you right there.
2: Yes. And he Thank got you. Me. He got you. That was you. his
1: word. He, yeah. And and wait, wait, it's not over. Because then he said, You know, you are such an amazing woman and the only thing that I want if I had one wish for the rest of my life for you to be my wife.
0: And how are you feeling when that happened? Did you forget everything?
1: I forgot everything and for a minute, but I wasn't like, I was like, oh, okay. Um, You know, so I don't respond, obviously. Like, remember, we're not always in the same city Um, So I get like a lot of moments where I sort of forget this abuse. Um, But yeah, so um, in the end, uh, I said, yes. Can you believe it? Um, I have a question.
0: I I have a a question for you. Yeah. When you said yes, and you told that friend specifically that you just told that information to, what was their reaction? (laughs)
1: Sure. Also doesn't know at that point about narcissism, and she thinks uh like me that relationships are tough and you get stronger you you get stronger in a couple if you succeed in overcoming difficulties um and you know she thinks uh that and I'm trying to convince her because meanwhile, I'm addicted to this guy. You know, it's like... But, but at, first she valid- at first
0: she validated you, and then in a way, there there was... Not that she did not validate you, she just went with the stock answer she, that just, a lot of people she, have. No,
1: well, all this it happened in the same conversation, but it didn't. It was yeah. more like, like uh, maybe a month later. Yeah. Um, and by that time, we had already been sort of like back on the mend, you know. And actually, the cycle had started again. We were back into the love bombing. Um, I got two Tiffany boxes uh, when I woke up, uh, put on my pillow, not one, two, um, you know, and uh, the, the trip to Hawaii, uh so by this time, it's back to the love bombing. And in my sick mind, <laughs> I think that, you know, we've worked through something, you know. And again, I can do this. My father was so much worse. And guess what? I've only dated men that have treated me in some fashion like this, you know. So it's kind of like my normal, you know. And it's sad, but, and, uh, you know. You've come to know me, Chad, and, and it's like, do you believe it? Yes, because that's, I had, I didn't know that I had those things to heal. So I fucking fell for it and went into it. And, and once that was done, well, then it just got worse and it really got worse. And it's, it's, it's violence, not against me physically, but you know, it's throwing things, it's tantrums. It's like a two-year-old having a tantrum, um, and I mean, when I was saying uh, textbook, I mean it. Like I read in a book that uh, one of the things they like to do is disturb your sleep because uh, it'll make you more uh, susceptible, you know, to being abused. So I don't know if you knew, but now I know. And uh, they will—they will say to, they will wake you up in the middle of the night. Um, and, uh, and say things to you, like you're snoring. Like I literally read this in a book and then he did it to me. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So he would do all kinds of things to disturb my sleep. Um, like, like, uh, like, like silent treat me over the phone. Like literally like you're staring at somebody on Skype and they just don't talk and he's got this face and I'm like, what's wrong? You know, I'm really not in the mood to chit chat right now. Making me feel stupid for wanting to talk and say hi. You know, it's like you just want to chit chat, but I'm really not in the mood for that. You know, so, and just like stuff like that. But he would also like wake me up in the middle of the night and have a tantrum and say, uh, you know, you're snoring. And I'm like, what? No, I've never snored in my life. You know, nobody's ever told me that. Like, uh, how is it possible? You know, and like just like creating these incidents and these fights um, so that the next day I would be weaker. Um, You know, having these tantrums where uh, he'll throw something like across the room near me, Um, he'll break something with his fist to intimidate me, you know, uh, he'll yell at me. It's all escalating by the way. he will yell at me, uh, in front of, of, uh, other people, uh, in front of, um, we did once in front of my kids and I think that didn't go too well. Uh, and, um, and so, um, So
0: how do your kids feel about him at the time? They
1: don't want to have anything. They Uh, don't want to have anything to do with him.
0: Uh, early on they felt that way?
1: No, they were in the beginning. They were, you know, they were like me. They they just saw the, the the charming, amazing human being that may or may not exist under this whole layer of narcissism. I don't even know anymore. You know, if there is a real person underneath there, and if 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 any of what I felt or saw is true, I don't know. I really don't know.
0: But your kids have seen it with their eyes firsthand now, and they want nothing to do
1: with it. My oldest daughter, my youngest daughter uh, hasn't seen it, but my oldest daughter was exposed to a very uh, violent kind of incident, Um, and um, she basically wants nothing to do with him anymore, and she really doesn't understand that I'm not. But, I mean, she understands my process, and she's 100% behind me, She's an amazing person and I'm so grateful that she doesn't have the same issues that I have, you know? Um, But the, the last time that there was a big explosion, we were actually uh, expecting a whole bunch of people. And I, again, it's in the book. Uh They'll do this when you're about to have a party or a guest or something so that you look uh again, like completely lost and weird and they seem super confident and, and you know, so he'll yell at me and shout at me, and like two minutes later, like the doorbell will ring, and he'll grab my waist and uh, open the door and introduce me. Uh, Have you met my beautiful wife? Like I'm serious. It's like it's like a bad movie. am um,
0: sure. Uh, so do you feel gross when that happened?
1: Yes. Yeah. Because I'm. I wish. Like from the like inside out, time, you
0: just felt. Ugh.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's one of my issues. I do feel gross for accepting people to to treat me that way, you know? And that time, my daughter was there. She wanted me to leave. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't just leave. But... In a way, I'm glad I didn't because that day, I actually went to the, to the, to the gate to greet some guests. Um, and I saw a really old friend and, uh, he, he just saw, he was like, what's wrong? You know, he said, you don't look good, Billy. And, uh, and I told him the whole story and he said, he sounds like a narcissist. And I said, what is that? And he said, I'm going to send you a couple of articles. And so he sent me some uh, some uh things. And uh, I started reading, and I couldn't stop. I was like, it was all of a sudden, it was as if a, a veil lifted off my mind. But all these years of just like smog in my mind just lifted. And all of a sudden, it was like, Oh my God. And then I couldn't get enough. And then that's when I found you and uh, and you started giving me information. And uh, you know, all of this is, is just a couple months. So that's why I'm still in this situation.
0: So one of the things we talk about a lot that a lot of people, probably go through are the subtleties that when you have the, I guess not the love bombing, but he's being nice to you, that there's still the subtleties that go on where, you know, you're, you're back in it and you're, you're thinking to yourself, maybe it's not that bad, but you yourself have been doing a lot of work and uh, watching for these small little things that add yeah. up into a bigger thing. So, can you, for everyone out there who might be, yes. not really, not realize that they be might be going through the exact same thing because they might not have the giant blowups. But can you explain the little things that have been going on that you've been paying attention to? And I think you've been journaling it. Correct?
1: Yes, I have been. I mean, what I'm doing right now is, I mean, remember, I have the advantage of space um, because of my work. And so, I, I have a lot of time where I can regroup, and um, the the what I've been doing is just working on healing myself, um, giving myself you know love, <laughs> and uh, you know acceptance. And so I I just been I want to get really strong. Uh, for the next phase, because I know it's going to be difficult. And I mean, we I, can hear it's still, it's emotional. Um, and, but, but I'm happy. I mean, I sound really sad, but I'm actually so grateful in a way for this because it's just like, it's like if somebody has been, somebody handed me the key <laughs> to unlocking, uh, you know, a happier me, um, and a happier future because now I know what I need to what, what I need to realize and fix. So meanwhile, um, you know, I, I, I'm still caught up in this whole thing of of hoping and, and uh and trying to discern. So yes, I have been journaling and what I've noticed is for my, my particular type of mark, uh it's all about control uh and controlling my behaviors. And the control comes in layers. Um, and so it's very subtle. Some some are very explosive, but those don't happen every day. So let's say on a day to day basis, like a good day, uh the little control layers will come in the form of uh for instance, uh, uh commenting on what I'm wearing. Uh you know, I'm gonna be cold, I'm gonna be warm, uh I shouldn't wear those type of shoes. Uh, or he'll make a little comment on what I look like. Oh, you look like such and such a character. And I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I do have a good sense of style, and I think I dress very well. So it's like, it's like I'm not insecure about how I dress. It's just, and that's what makes it so ridiculous, because I see it now. So it's all these little comments, you know, about, uh, oh, no, Today you should wear makeup or don't don't do your hair because we're going to go do this activity and so it's just like this control um, and then another layer is the whole like condescending uh, talking down to me all the time. There's no way to have like just like a constructive conversation about something uh, that, he, that 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 this person would notice. I mean, I'm glad to get feedback, you know, if I'm not doing something right. I'm glad for somebody to say, hey, have you thought of doing this? It might be interesting. But instead of saying that that way, it'll be like, I can't believe that you're not doing that. Like, you're so passive. You know, you're such a, I can't believe you're not really, like, taking that and looking at it and working on it. It's always that tone, right? It'll be, uh, you know, like, controlling how much I have my phone. Oh, on your phone again. Like, oh, what are you looking at? What are you texting? Who are you writing to? Um, always, always cultivating subtle insecurity, like mentioning other women, uh, in, in ways, uh, that are subtle, you know, or not, (laughs) you know, but, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm really not a jealous person in the, in, and I really am not, I just, I'm not like that. And I don't have any problem with, with women that are, but I know that of myself, but, So I can see it again and it's like, oh, would you mind if I had lunch with so-and-so? And And it's like, and he'll ask me this right before I go to bed because he's hoping, I mean, think about it all night and it's going to keep me up, right? Um, Or, uh, you know, like making me feel stupid about something. If I ask a question, it's like to look at me like, can't believe you're asking that question. That is such a stupid question. You're not going to say that. But I see it in his eyes, right? You, you had three
0: words before which I just wrote down, and they actually in the in the words actually like uh, the acronym is CSI, which I found very interesting. Cultivating sudden insecurity. Yeah, it's oh, it's really interesting. Three words. Yeah, all put together. Yeah, thank you. That's a good it's one.
2: True. <laughs> It's like always
1: like nursing this little insecurity in me and being condescending and making me walk on the typical, the the book, the textbook, you know, like feeling like, oh, if I, you know, telling me that, you know, if we walk into the grocery store, it'll be like, okay, we're only here for eggs. Don't look at anything else. We're here for eggs. It's like constant control, constant, constant
0: so I'm sure everyone out there is probably thinking, okay, you're still married, what's going on? So, you know, I guess explain what you're building up to and the strength that you're gaining and how you're going about things.
1: Well, it's uh, as anybody who's been married before understands, it's not a uh, simple thing. I think that uh, if I didn't have my own Face like I do, I would probably, um, you know, be already on to the next phase. But like I said, I have the advantage of being away from my work. So I get a lot of uh, time. And I know that I want to work on myself before I go into that confrontation that con- in the conversation simply because I do not feel strong enough yet. So I'm doing a lot of work on myself. I'm meditating. I'm reading. I'm talking to people. I'm getting information. I'm exposing myself. I have no—I have nothing to lose but uh, fixing. You know, healing. I'm in a healing journey, and I know that I will heal. I really do, and <laughs> I am healing. I've healed a lot, actually. I feel much stronger. Um, when i am when i'm with this person i i may even at the point where i have compassion um, and and empathy because i am an empath and and not in a victim kind of way in a way that's more that's that's clear that's um and and you know i i it's so hard to accept um that everything I thought that I knew about this person is wrong, you know, and I, have read the books and I've heard the stories and I'm still in the process of accepting that. And I'm giving myself that time, you know, I'm not on anybody's agenda. I'm on my own agenda. Um, because again, it was never about the narcissist. It was about me. This is my healing journey and I'm going to take it as slow or as fast as I want and slash need, you know. Um, and I'm safe. I'm keeping myself very safe in the way that I'm doing things. Um, and, um, and you know, talking to all of you guys is, is part of this process and this journey. And, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for, for taking the time out of your day to listen to me.
0: Um, well, the one thing I want I really people to know is that when I first started talking to you, I guess was mid-July-ish or close to the mid to late July, the yeah. amount of work yeah. that, that you have done in that amount of time and the realizations that you've come to and all of the work uh, of uh, your role in life and going a little bit deeper to things that happen and being aware of all of your actions is remarkable in this short amount of time how far you've come to where you are now and not just uh in that aspect how you're dealing with your journaling and being aware of things and keeping things accountable so you can see over time that uh, you're not crazy you know uh, of being a big thing that these things are happening and if some people don't want to out there, probably don't want to rush to judgment and, you know, they go back and forth, but you're being very thorough, uh, as far yeah. as your decision-making process of everything. And you're just like, in a, in a weird sense, it's just like, okay, all these things have happened. And now one last time I'm going to take all of these notes just because this is, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm OCD in, in many ways when it comes to locks. And I'm like, I can go up to that lock a million times, but until I say it is locked in my head, then I know it is locked. Yeah. And in a exactly. way in a way you're doing the exact same thing. You're finally writing it down. So yeah. by the end of that book, you're like, This door is locked, this is over. Now I can actually sleep or rest.
1: Exactly. Or, or ex- exactly. Or exhale. I'm- that's why you're my friend.
2: <laughs> you understand?
1: <laughs> it's true. That's exactly what I'm doing because it's, it, I'm very thorough. And like I said at the beginning, I mean, my childhood, what would, would, would it was, but it, it had one good side effect is that I'm very driven and self-determined. And when I... No, there's a problem. I'm going to fix it. <laughs> and so um, I'm even having dreams about it. I wrote to you the other day and I was like, oh, my God, I had a dream. And it's like the feeling is clear inside me. So it's like I'm I'm thorough. <laughs> Thanks and, for noticing.
0: And the other thing which I found interesting in our conversations is, uh, I guess, different things that you might want to do with the rest of your life or how this has opened your eyes to an other way of life that maybe when it comes to work or how you think that your future what happens after this that you're manifesting these other types of dreams um as far as what your values are totally it's
1: changed my outlook on everything, it's amazing. Like this healing journey that I'm on, um, has changed how I, I uh, how I interact with everybody because I've, I've, I'm a people pleaser. Um, I've always put my own feelings and, and moves, uh, in the back burner. Um, I'm not a pushover, but I'm definitely want everybody to like me (laughs) and uh and 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 that's not possible right we all know that if we're true to ourselves we're not going to please everybody all the time so I am trying to bring that into my work um into every aspect of my life and it feels so good it feels so good it's so simple to just be aligned you know when your heart and your mind and your everything is aligned it's such a relief and I was always in a state of uncomfort because I knew everything was was wrong or not everything, but some things were wrong and they weren't right for me. And yet I was sort of like trying to push through them. Like that was the way to do it. And now it's like, no, I don't have to push through it. I can just get rid of those things that aren't good for me. And then I just feel good,
0: <laughs> you know, you know, so you know, when we started this, you asked me, you gave me out this questionnaire to fill out. And I had to fill out what my brand values are. What are your brand values now?
1: (laughs) That's true. You know, um, integrity is like the first word uh, that comes to my mind. I want to be, yeah, I don't know how to say that in a phrase, but the word integrity is the right one. Mm -hmm. And, um, kindness you know I do I want to be kind and I want to put that out into the world and um, and just peaceful (laughs) yeah no more turmoil no more this drama in my life no more of the. just like you know just be aligned with my feelings you know have my my mind my heart my body aligned healthy healthy mind healthy is another big one for me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um you know so i i yeah those are my values that's a good question i need to think about it more
2: and
0: (laughs) before we before we leave madam president um (laughs) do you have any parting words for people
1: Well, I think that um, no matter where you are in this journey, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're somewhere in the journey. Um, I think the faster you start working on yourself and like building your own confidence inside, like a true confidence, and hopefully leaving, you know, whatever the situation is, the easier it gets. Anyways, that's what it was for me. Um, and kudos to all of you that are already way past this phase. Uh, I mean, you're an inspiration to me. Um, and I've heard a lot of these women on this show and you really are an inspiration to me. And I thank you all.
0: Well, Billie Jean, thank you for being on the show. I did not know this would even happen one day when we first started talking and started doing work together and trading ideas back and forth and being really on, I think we were on the same page from the beginning, Um, you know, being part of my life, being part of the podcast. This has all been an unexpected, uh, you know, benefit to doing this podcast of of meeting people like you and everyone becoming part of each other's lives. And you really become a part of mine. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I love you. I love you being in my life. And thank you for being on the show today. Um, you know, during, during your episode today, I, you know, I got goosebumps in a lot of spots. Um, and you know, you're, you're just a good person and you deserve the best. Yeah. Thank you. And I feel the same.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So for everyone love out you. there, I love you too. <laughs> and so for everyone out there who is listening, good night for me. Good night from you yeah <laughs> that's it. And that's it. Uh, have a good
1: one, okay. everyone. Bye.:
0: And that was my conversation with Billy Jean, my boss, my friend, the chairman of the board of Narcissist Apocalypse. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I love doing that interview. We you know, we've grown as friends in the short amount of time we've known each other, and before I leave. I just want to thank Billie Jean again. I also just want to remind everyone again about our fundraiser for Layla at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Go to the fundraiser section. Also, uh, you know, jump on to our Hoppin' Facebook group. Am I dating myself by using the word Hoppin'? Uh, which is, a, it's different from our Facebook page. You can be found, or the sorry, the Facebook page, the Facebook group can be found at Facebook.com slash groups slash Narcissist Apocalypse. Also, we're going to be winding down our Reddit page as no one's really using that page. And our Facebook group is doing uh, really well because it's a closed group. More people are interacting in that environment. So uh, the Reddit page, don't go there for now. I'm going to figure out what to do with it. Go to our Facebook group if you want to be interactive with us. And lastly, once more time, if you want to read a letter to your narcissist, we have a voicemail recorder on our website to record. Go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. It's on the right side of the page. It's always floating around and hard to miss. You know, click on it. Send your voicemail. It records up to about five minutes. You can record more than once, twice, three times, as much time as you need. We're accumulating these letters to have for volume two of that episode. So do that so we can get that episode as quick as possible. And now, that is it, everyone. Be well, and bye for now.